0: We pay our respect to the Elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia.
1: Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves from the 3CR studios in Melbourne and via podcast. And thanks again very much for another fantastic show by Sally from Out of the Pan, covering all things pansexual issues, including transgender, bisexual and polyamorous issues. So if you make sure you tune in next week at 12 to 1 every Sunday to catch Sally and uh, Out of the Pan. Today, we have a... Special topic, uh, one that our listeners, if you're a regular or you're interested in all things animals, that you'll be aware of. Um, we're going to be chatting fish and, the in particular, the documentary uh, called Seaspiracy, which was recently released on Netflix and is getting a lot of attention at the moment, um, discussing animal issues and particularly fish issues. And today in the studio uh, with us, we've got co-host Carolyn, and Caroline's going to introduce our special guest, uh,
0: Bronwyn. Yes. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello, both.
0: Bronwyn is um, joining us today. She's the organizer of Melbourne Fish Save. And if we could just start, Bronwyn, would you like to explain who who are Melbourne's Fish Save and um, and what do you sort of focus on? That'd be great.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for the welcome and uh, thank you for having me here. So I represent the Melbourne Fish Save um, chapter here in beautiful Melbourne, of course. And that is part of the global animal save movement, which started um, in Toronto uh, around 10 years ago now. And it's grown into um, a significant um, animal save movement. Um, So in particular, I represent um, Melbourne Fish Save. I've been running that chapter now for close to two years. Uh, We've obviously been interrupted in our advocacy by the pandemic, but um, we continue through social media um, trying to educate and inform people around the issues um, in regard to fish and in general the oceans and what's happening to them. And so that brings me here today With the recent release of Seaspiracy on Netflix, which of course is generating a huge amount of interest and it's become quite a hit uh, on Netflix. And so there's a lot to discuss around that. And uh, for me, particularly as the organiser of Melbourne Fish Save, uh, I think it's going to be a really great platform um in terms of a call for action because people are going to understand a lot more about fish and about our oceans and just you know for people who is more well, how do we how do we find Melbourne Fish Save what to actually do what we do is hold public outreach when obviously um the pandemic allows and so you might see us in the Beck Street Mall for example doing public outreach uh, we've had some events um along St Kilda at the pier there where um We've handed out information and had conversations and we've had some events down in Frankston area as well. And the idea is um, normally uh, with the Animal Save movement, you would hold a vigil at the slaughterhouses in the places where animals are killed essentially that's a little bit more difficult with fish so you know sometimes you might see us at the vic market for example um but generally speaking it's difficult for people to get to the places where fish are being killed so we have more of a public outreach face and of course you can follow us on melbourne fish save on facebook
1: Mm. and i suppose for people who are concerned about animals fish really do matter um I mean, if we look at just in terms of numbers of creatures and individuals killed every year, it's estimated that, sorry, I've got this persistent little tickling cough that you might hear throughout the show. I apologise for everyone listening if I cough horribly into the mic, but I'll try to avoid it, Um, but you'll hear it in my voice. Um, So fish, you know, if we estimate that, it's estimated that land animals for food consumption, um, there are about 80 billion individuals Mm -hmm. killed every year. Uh, You know, that varies between 60 to 80 billion people have various estimates. Um, But when it comes to fish and or ocean life Mm -hmm. in particular... That's It's estimated, and it, the number's so large because it's just so hard to figure out, but it's estimated that it's anywhere between one and two trillion mm-hmm. individuals killed every year, ah. which is a shockingly huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ways that fish are killed in the oceans are no, like less horrific as those mm. killed in a factory slaughterhouse. Um, yeah. Fish are pulled out of the ocean suffocating. they can take many many hours to die, um, just dumped into big uh, sort of holding places where they've got tons of other fish in and on, on themselves um, or they might be um, bashed through the head with a with a spear or a hook or something like that. So it's really horrific it's just that it's very far away. Um there's been even until recently, you know, um, speculations about the consciousness and sentience of fish, although this in recent years scientists certainly um the there's some good scientists who are saying that fish are certainly sentient and mm-hmm. um, conscious. So there's a good review from about 2016 I think it is by an Australian researcher um who talks about this, that fish have the same physiological structures um, to experience pain and all that sort of stuff. So just the number of animals that are that are being killed really um, warrants our attention. Mm. And this absolutely. is why something like Melbourne Fish Save is really important. Yes,
2: uh, absolutely, absolutely. And it, it, all of that, and I think people for a long time... Um, just consider fish seafood and they don't consider uh, that they feel um, Mm. and of course they do and we have the research particularly from... um, the Australian scientist, um, Professor Callum Roberts. um, There's a number of them now, you know. And also when we hear from Dr Sylvia Earle too, we know Mm. that fish feel and we know that the way they are fished from our oceans is absolutely horrific. And I guess from the public, they really only see fish in the supermarkets and Mm, at the fish markets and they haven't heard the research that indicates Mm. that fish do feel and the way that they die... Um, gasping for air is Mm. equivalent to us drowning in in water. It's the same thing. It's just the opposite. And so certainly through um, Melbourne Fish Save, we are trying to educate the public around that and to consider that fish are not just a commodity, that they are wildlife in the Mm. way that you Mm. would see an elephant or a zebra or a giraffe or any other animal on land. It is the same as in the ocean and they are our wildlife and they deserve to be protected Mm. and not fished in such enormous numbers that that you can't even count them and, you know, you go by weight or you just go, oh, yeah, that looks like a million or a trillion. Mm. How do you wrap (laughs) your head around that, Mm. you know? It's just tragic. It's tragically Mm. sad and it's tragic for the animals, obviously, but also for our oceans and what mm. that means to us as humans. And we really need to reframe the way we think <coughs> and the mm. way we eat and mm. just, you know, consider that, that the earth has finite resources and we just need to be really conscious of our behaviour And I think the Seaspiracy movie is a juggernaut for people to realise this. And so even though there are some detractors of the film, I think generally it's a wonderful, wonderful platform to make people realise that we need to consider fish and the oceans do better, be better.
1: Mm-hmm. And I suppose, I wonder if we, can, um, if we can start with, I think it's good to, let's chat about Seaspiracy. Mm-hmm. And maybe um, we can start with, I'm going to start with sort of the format and the platform, mm-hmm. right? And so I teach science communication and largely what Seaspiracy is trying to do is, is science communication. And science communication is difficult, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on the platform And the format, particularly the platform is Netflix. So its Mm. audience is possibly huge, like millions, hundreds of millions of people. um, And the format is a 160 minute, oh, sorry, uh, a 90 minute documentary or a 90 minute Mm -hmm. video. Um, There's only so much that you can say Mm -hmm. in that sort of context, right? And a science communicator needs to determine what is the most pertinent important pieces of information that the audience needs to hear or wants to hear or will best serve the audience. And I think this sort of... Some of the complaints I've seen about C-spiracy is people saying, you know, it's one-sided or it presents certain facts that are incorrect and um, or that are a little bit wishy-washy. Um, and I suppose what's, what's possibly happened with C-spiracy... Which I think largely does a pretty good job of presenting the issue um, is that they, as science communicators, you become a gateholder to information, and mm-hmm. they are filtering through them a whole um, swathe of information and and um, showing certain bits to the audience. And I think I mean that's necessary. It's just how science communication works, mm. um, and I think some of the things that they've done well. Is, you know, they've highlighted the major issues in the global fishing mm-hmm. industry. Like, people just weren't aware of this stuff. And not only massive trawling and all that sort of jazz, or, you know, not even trawling, like the, the more um, sustainable fishing techniques, in quotes, uh, like mm-hmm. long line and mm. that sort of stuff, mm. they're still. They still take a lot of fish out of the sea. But it also highlighted things like issues with aquaculture. It it highlighted issues with, you know, slavery within the fishing industry. It did a really good job of um, highlighting some of these issues. But there were certain things where I think it did fall down. It could have done better. But overall, I think it's been a a pretty good um, eye-opener. And Mm. I just wanted to hear... First, like if we can just get things out of the way, what what do you think it didn't do particularly well, or what it what did it do? What did it do well, and what didn't it do particularly well?
0: Uh, well, from my perspective, I have to agree, Adam. I think it's a a film that is um really really relevant and powerful for this time, and and as an eye opener, and as a bit of and as a I guess call to action. I think it it does cover some things extremely well, um really key messages such as. A dead ocean means a dead planet. I mean, let's just get right down to it, and I think that's that's really important. It did go through some of the um, the issues about um, slavery, which perhaps some people don't know. I mean, the New York Times did a really good expose of um, of slavery in, in commercial fishing back in twenty fifteen. Um, I think it actually did bring um also some great people. Um, and interview some great people, which, you know, I'm sure we'll start talking about, but, you know, Dr Sylvia Earle is just wonderful and I'm really glad that the film ended with, um, you know, some comments from her. So I I think it also tried to go through some of the statistics and some of the science in a really accessible way and I do think that's really, really important. Um, So from that perspective, it's a bit of a tick for me. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree 100%. So from my perspective, wearing my Melbourne fish hat, um, I'm really pleased that it's highlighting the plight of fish and our oceans, which is just so critically important because um, in my efforts to engage with the public previously, there just hasn't been that much interest because as I said earlier, a lot of people just think it's seafood. And it's so mm-hmm. much more than that. So so this film, for me, um, as Caroline said, is literally a call to action. People are aware of the issues. We can argue around some of the information and the statistics, mm. but we can always fact-check that. What it's done is highlighted the very, very significant and real issues, and we can argue and fine-tune the numbers later. So that, for me, is absolutely fantastic. As a detractor... I don't know, I like to see the animals centered one hundred percent and less about the people who are maybe having a bit of an adrenaline rush, doing some very exciting things. I like to focus on what's happening to and for the animals. So I guess that's my my take from the movie in a in a snapshot. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if I may say, one really, really interesting thing. You would think, being um, the a fish save organiser, that predominantly we would hear from people who want to get active for the fish, so animal rights activists essentially. What I have found really, really fascinating and I'm also very grateful for, surprisingly, are the commercial fishers who contact me and say, it's really great that you are trying to educate the public, because we have real issues with what is happening in the fishing industry. Um, And I just find that really fascinating. And the topics that the movie is touching on, particularly um, slavery, for example, is something very, very real. And it's a big issue for commercial fishers in Australia, and what's happening in our waters, particularly where, um, you know, those boundaries may be shared with other countries. And, Mm. you know, they're trying to Find some way to work with our government to protect the fish of our Australian waters, even though, as commercial fishermen, they're fishing them, but they see that there are issues there around sustainability, you know, mm. air quotes. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's been really, really interesting. And Sea Spiracy is elevating those conversations, which is really, really useful and important.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. I think that's, and, and that. That um, distinction between what you're saying is like international, um, maybe large fleets of fishing these huge super trawlers, mm. yeah, things, mm. versus um, whoop, someone's coming in on their line, um, versus um, the local fishers. It sort of it gives me like it's sort of like the organic farmer down the road versus mm. the factory farm Goliath. It's mm. Maybe that that's it. Difference conversation and, going and on and
2: artisanal fishers you know, in in certain little locations (sighs) who are losing their livelihood, essentially. Not that Mm. I agree with that in the first place. But in the Mm. bigger picture, they are being forced out, as you say, in favour of these organisations who just drag nets across the bottom of the ocean and take out everything, not just the fish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a more complicated um, discussion, isn't it? And mm, if anyone wants to jump on and let us know your thoughts, if you've got any questions, uh, feel free to text in on 0488809855. That's zero four triple eight zero nine eight five five, And we can chat to you about it here. Um, so a couple of, so a couple of sort of Things that I I was sort of like oh god why did they do that I was a, a bit irked by is is yeah it seemed a little bit forced the storyline mm-hmm. of you know the main um, documenter um, Ari I think the name was or something like that Ali 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 yeah um, Ali and Lucy sort of the a, as if they were shocked at what they were finding mm-hmm. I feel like it actually they started with a position. And they were trying to then force a storyline into mm-hmm. ending up at a particular point. Yes. And it just felt forced. It felt a little, a little bit, bit contrived. janky. Contrived. Mm. That is exactly Mm-mm. the word. So mm. if you're going to watch it, and I, I strongly um, encourage people who haven't yet seen it, go and check it out. See Spiracy on Netflix. Um, give it a watch, but just sort of take those parts with a grain of salt. You know, mm. they're, they're trying yes. to make it maybe palatable to people, I suppose, mm. um, but it didn't really work for me. I thought it was a little bit janky. Um,
2: I would be interested in the views of listeners, though, because I'm looking at it with the eyes of an animal rights activist who advocates for fish. So, you know, to another viewer, they might might be thinking, wow, this is amazing, bit of an adrenaline rush, really exciting, didn't know any of this so maybe they have a different view so mm. yeah i'd be very interested to hear from some other people what yeah, they think absolutely. about that
1: mm. and and i mean against my position is there's a whole lot of people who have been like i've seen on social media or even spoken to friends and friends of friends who have been impacted by the movie mm. right They're, they've yeah. come away and gone oh wow I have no idea, mm. and I need to do something about it. Yeah. yeah,
2: I feel like I feel like a lot of people are aware, um, to some degree, of um, you know the, the the dolphins in Taiji, or mm. or um, shark finning, or we know that seals are being blasted with beanbag pellets around fish farms to get them away from those Maybe people are aware of that, you know, but. Maybe people don't realise when they're buying their beautiful salmon to eat that they don't understand that, that those animals are being factory farmed in the mm-hmm. most horrific conditions, just as any other factory farming yeah. for cows, pigs, chickens, all, all, all of those animals. So the the conditions are cramped, you know, they die mm-hmm. of crush injuries, they're... They're being eaten alive by sea lice. Mm. They they have heart conditions, these poor animals, and no one can see them because they're offshore or they're inland surrounded, you know, in, in tanks surrounded by perimeters that no one can get to. So people are unaware of them other than films like this that highlight it. Mm. And, you know, if, if some people just see that and go, perhaps I need to reduce or stop my consumption of salmon, that's a win. That's, mm. a, that's a very small win. But to have people raising their own consciousness and thinking about that and changing their consumer behaviour in favour of the animals, that is a good outcome, you know. Mm. Yep. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: And on that note, we'll go to a quick song. And on the other side, I'd like to um, sort of dig into some of the criticisms that... Um, the film has received and some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song is Fishing for Fishies by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
3: Before the genocide, a celebration of West Papuan culture, history and struggle. Launch party Saturday, 1st of May, 3 to 9 p.m. And exhibitions of archival photos from West Papua, pre-Indonesian occupation, cultural artifacts and contemporary art by West Papuan artists, Lobe Wangai, Jeffrey Jikua and other members of West Papuan community here in Melbourne traditional West Papuan food from Joyce Kitchen and music from The Sego and Jill Kogoya. Join us for the opening night for food, music and dance at Basement Gallery, Collingwood Yards, 35 Johnston Street, Collingwood. Launch party, Saturday, 1st of May, 3 to 9pm. Or a few exhibitions Sunday, 1pm to 6pm at Collingwood Yards. Before the genocide, find us on Facebook.
4: A 3CR supporter. West Papua free, free West Papua free, yeah. Free West Papua free, oh. Free West Papua free. Thanks for listening.
1: You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR 855 AM podcast or wherever you get your um, listening on the online the, on And today we are talking with Bronwyn from Melbourne Fish Save all about fishes and the oceans and the health of our oceans, the animals that live there and the recent documentary that came out on Netflix called Seaspiracy. And we sort of started by discussing more broadly the doco and some of the issues maybe with it, some of the good things about it. Um, and I just want to, before we get into um, a more deep dive, I just want to mention two other things that I, that I found um, a little, that I wanted to clarify before we, we keep going. But just quick fact checks. And you can go and do this. Um, on your own so we're not going to spend time on the on the numbers and things because people are, are have already sort of done fact checks but there was a comment on like that there's going to be no more fish by 2048 and that's just mm-hmm. it's just not true it's not um it's oh. incorrect that that number um, and also they they had at, at the end of the doco they had this line where they were talking about fish is not healthy for you and i want to talk about this later on towards the end mm-hmm. of the um the the show, but again, it's just it's this misconception that I think some of these documentaries spin around the consumption of animals, and I think we need to be more honest about um, eating. Some fish can actually be just as healthy as being plant-based, for instance. But now we have got some of those little niggly bits out of the way. What I wanted to discuss more was I was I was watching and listening and reading. Um, sort of commentaries or responses to seaspiracy. And there's been a lot. There's been a lot of, mm, yeah. you know, marine yeah. biologist says blah or mm-hmm. uh, um, fishing industry person um, says this in response or response to seaspiracy. And one of the things that I've noticed and why, you know, we don't turn this into a fact check is because those people are doing the fact checks exactly. and they're doing a good job. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. making point. Bronwyn mentioned there's these little little Niggly bits throughout that are um, incorrect or or just a little bit wrong that with a bit of tweaking that's fine mm. um, but there's but things that they didn't mention um, or, or that were omitted from their response. one thing in particular that I think is quite telling is that of all of these responses that I looked at, no one. Um, talked about the fishes' lives as individuals yes they no one talked yes. about the moral relevancy mm-hmm. of fish mm-hmm. and that we should care about them for themselves yes. they always yes. came back to this idea that oh you know sea presented the um, idea that um, we we can't have sustainable fishing mm-hmm. and well If you're going with a traditional ecological um, understanding of sustainable, then yes, you can have sustainable fishing. All all that sustainable fishing requires is that um, we have, like, it's around this term of maximum sustainable yield, which is that you um, can extract the maximum catch um, from a fish or other population in the long term without impacting the population tra- trajectory basically mm. so that is possible <coughs> but, sorry but, but is it right yes exactly mm. but mm. that doesn't take into account the fishes that are still being yeah. taken you know yeah. every fish do like ask ask ourselves does the fish want to be killed does the fish want to be hooked and brought in for dinner mm-hmm. i don't think so that's right that's All exactly
2: right.
0: right so it was a huge missed opportunity
2: yes yeah.
0: i agree we sort of I think the film touched on this a little bit mm. in the last few minutes. Mm. I thought that was just a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, I,
2: I absolutely
0: agree, and and I
2: and I think that's the thing. And when we talk about the number of fish um, taken from the oceans globally each year, and we're talking that we're talking in the trillions. And we talk in such large numbers and we see these huge nets being trawled across across the ocean and it's just huge, huge numbers. And what we have to remember is that that is made up of individual lives mm-hmm. and who is advocating for the one fish, you know? Mm-hmm. No one. No one is. No one is. No one's understanding. And, and this is why the research um, around fish sentience is so important. There's a terrific organisation called Fish Feel and, and they're this kind of repository um, online for all, all the research and all the information. And it is just so fascinating. And their message is literally fish feel. And what mm-hmm. is the value of, of one life? Do, do we care about fish? And it seems up until sea spiracy, a lot of us didn't. And that's why sea spiracy is important. Even though mm. they got some of it wrong, and as Caroline says, and I agree there are there is a missed opportunity there. Mm, mm. absolutely.
1: Yeah, so it's this framing that and th- we do this with terrestrial animals as well. We have this framing where you know we should stop um, harming animals or we should we should reduce because it's bad for the environment or it's mm. bad for our health. These are human centric concerns. Mm-hmm. and I, I, I t- certainly understand why. That might be appealing for a large number of people. It it probably is, and logically, you know, when you when you're getting down to the um, the nuts and bolts of uh, communications, then maybe maybe it makes sense in a cold hearted, cold hearted way mm. that we tell people what they want to hear to get them to change. Mm.
2: Um, right, and I think if if people can watch Seaspiracy... And kind of grasp the enormity of it, which yes. which will be eye-opening and revelatory to many, I would think. If that makes them consider the one life that they might have otherwise consumed, then that's a good thing. But I, I just think, yeah, you know, globally we, we think of fish in such huge numbers, you know. And I think the fish the, – the, the movie is really important – to try and show people the global scale of industrialised fishing mm. and how it is destroying ecosystems. But people need to take something away from that and relate it to their own circumstances and where mm. they're living and, and I guess to consider how they feel about that and how they can change their impact Um, on the world and of course we're not just talking about the oceans because the oceans affect what happens on land and vice versa you know so we're all interconnected in that way but I do hope um, that people do come away and and consider individual lives as well as that enormous Mm. collective of what's being removed you know.
0: I think um, just on that point about considering um, animals lives as individuals and what's important to them I thought that Laurie Marino the founder of the Whale Sanctuary Project when she was talking about the Taji dolphins and the industry um, being basically supported underwritten and, and um, funded by the marine park entertainment industry she made some very good points about you know obviously a live dolphin is worth a lot of money. A trained dolphin is worth, mm. I think she said, a hundred thousand dollars. Mm. But the actual existence of those um, of those animals goes against everything um, that is natural to them. They are forced to do things that they don't want to do mm. in these marine parks um, for entertainment, and their own um, wants and needs are completely disregarded. Mm. And so. I found some of the people that were interviewed um, in the documentary really compelling and th- and they spoke to some mm. fantastic people. But I just wish those messages were a little bit more front and centre. Mm. Um, I think we saw, if I can go into some of my negatives, yep. I was a little bit disappointed about this sort of, I don't know, 20 minutes that we're watching this high octane chase in, in Taji. Mm. Like mm. I... I get it and perhaps that connects with a lot of people but I think that's been really well covered by Ruka Barry and um, the documentary The Cove which is yeah. very very worth seeing. Absolutely. I would have liked to hear more from other people um, that were interviewed yeah and um. if I can go on <laughs> well, I guess for me one of the biggest um, missed opportunities was actually speaking with um, Steve Trent from the Environmental Justice Foundation. He he was on for maybe a minute talking about um, slavery in in the fishing industry. And people might know or, or might want to look up that the um, Environmental Justice Foundation released a really fantastic report recently called um, Blood and Water that really details all of the abuse on these vessels. And these vessels fly under the flags of mm. many, many countries, yes. many European countries, the US, it's not um, solely uh, the Southeast, you know limited to South um, East Asia. Mm. And I think what was really disappointing is that they could have got Steve to talk about potential solutions of which they have actually, you know, tabled quite a few of them, including things like having um, a mandatory requirement for unique identifying numbers for vessels. Let's stamp out, you know, the opportunity to basically have all of these um, illegal vessels sort of, um, you know, sailing around. And there's other sort of things that they go on and actually um, suggest uh, options under the sort of international labour um, fishing acts, etc. So, I, I mean, I feel like there were some wonderful people interviewed that actually could have provided even sort of more compelling commentary. Yet they were given just really, really brief sound bites because mm-hmm. we had this whole adventure ex- side of the film as yeah. well. So for me, I was a little bit sort of, are we going to be a hard-hitting factual documentary with a bit of a call to action, or is a lot of the story arc about Ali um, and and his journey of discovery. And perhaps, you know, that's based on what is deemed to be engaging to the audience. But I found it a bit frustrating.
2: But yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, I, I thought very similarly, um, it was a bit of an adrenaline rush for the movie makers. I feel, you know, and maybe that was part of the sell to Netflix mm. to get it on the platform. I don't know. Um, it's not something that kind of sits well. Um, with me and not something that I'm looking for, I'd want to have a little bit more detailed in, in, um, interviewing. Um, but that, that that's what we got, mm-hmm. so it, it's unfortunate. I feel um, mm. I would be interested to know how others feel about that. Um, yeah, uh, I agree. There are a couple of missed opportunities there. Um,
1: in terms of in terms of like, um, so, so people say, you know, well, let's do this sustainably. And w- let's, let's imagine a world where you, you're, you're trying to set up sustainable, I hate the language around this, yes. it sort of just minimises fish to nothing, but, you know, yeah. fish stocks. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, I suppose one of the problems that we have in uh, oceans is that they're very out of the way. Yes. You can't see them, yes. you can't really monitor them. And even when they do monitor them, so having a inspector, a mm-hmm. fish inspector on board. Was it in this movie or was it somewhere else where they yes. said, yes. you know, a certain number of fish inspectors have, have gone missing off mm. of or fishing boats Or have yep. been bribed. Or been bribed. And so it's not a realistic, actually, solution. No. So uh, you can still have lots of um, fisheries or fishing boats come in and just take from these places, mm. um, either under the guise of of sustainability or you have a lot of uh, the other thing in out there in the oceans is you have unnamed or undocumented fishing vessels huge fleets of like ghost ships or shadow ships whatever they're called where they're they're not beholden to anyone or any regulations or any rules Mm -hmm. they find ways to go out and fish um and then they can sell that somewhere. There's a black market for mm-hmm. for fish. Mm-hmm. So these ideas of of you know sustainable fishing is pollyanna in a yes. world where, um, basically poaching and illegal poaching can easily happen without regulation
0: and does happen
1: and does happen. Yes, it's, it it's just it's sort of. I think a lot of these marine biologists and these um, economists, marine economists and things, they just have this. Like, they put out this idealised world, yeah, but we should be doing this. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe, but um, is it actually going to work? And they always mm. talk about practicalities in terms of, you know, going plant-based and stuff. Well, what about practicalities in terms of, um, quote, sustainable fishing? It's just the practicalities don't seem to, to really be there at a global level.
0: Mm. Well, one thing I thought... um, the film covered really well was um the unrest around somalia and the west african coast Mm. and talking about you know civil unrest and civil war in somalia has meant that just what you were saying adam all of these other vessels are coming into those waters and taking whatever they want yes and i mean apart from that's Morally wrong, right? Mm. What it's doing is then displacing local um, fishermen from a trade that they rely on. Yes. So those people are suffering. Those people are hungry. Yes. And that's pushing them further and further inland. And then there was the discussion about people, fishermen, then turning to bushmeat and bushmeat being extraordinarily problematic. And then we see sort of the evolution of things like Ebola. Yes. I thought that was really well documented, um, and absolutely mind-blowingly <laughs> startling that this goes on. And really, let's be honest: who cares? No one cares, right? We all know it's happening. Mm.
2: That's right, and yeah, and not a, very, very little, if anything, is being done um, to to prevent it. Who who is going to stop? these Mm. enormous fleets from other countries that just come in and wipe out the artisanal fishers who force them then into finding alternatives for themselves that are not great alternatives, Mm. you know. Mm. And Although just, I'm,
1: I, I suppose I'm not advocating for artisanal fishers either. No, no, <laughs> nor am, nor am <laughs> I, nor am I,
2: you know. And and there's there's just, there's so much wrong in the world. There really yeah. is, you know. It's
1: a complex um, story, I suppose. Oh,
2: that's indeed point, it is. That's right. You know, and Spiracy is concentrating on industrialised fishing, you mm. know. And, and people can look at that, I guess, you know, sitting here in Australia, you'd look at that and go, oh, wow, you know, that's really bad, what's happening in those other countries. Well, what's happening in our own country, you know, and that's, mm. a, you know yeah, obviously, the movie didn't touch on that, you know, but one of yeah. my own things um, that particularly concerns me here in Victoria um is this program that i don't I don't know how many people are familiar with, but it's called Target One Million. And um it was a program. Uh, that came about through the 2014 Victorian state election. And the government put $46 million towards uh, recreational fishing participation um, in Victoria. And essentially what they wanted to do was to reach 1 million anglers within Victoria. And they have all sorts of programs. So, of course, there are hatcheries where they're breeding fish, they're releasing finglings, into our waterways specifically to encourage people to then go and catch them. And they're doing really weird things like attaching golden tags and you can win $10,000 if you catch the fish with the golden tag. And really all this is a, is promoting animal cruelty. Mm. They, the government um, wanted to reach uh, a million fishes by um, uh, 2020 and so... In the um, most recent state election in 2018, they committed, the same government, a further $35 million to the program to extend it to phase two. And they have fishing programs teaching children to fish. They have fishing competitions encouraging women to go out and kill animals. And it's just... You know, back to what is the value of one life of an animal and why are we teaching and encouraging children to pursue acts of animal cruelty? And this is mm. endorsed by our government. So the issues are global, they're local. Yeah. And again, I just hope, you know, even though granted sea spiracy has, you know, some issues, um, it's highlighting... The big issue,
0: I guess,
2: you know, and that's probably what's really important.
0: Fish matter and fish matter, fish
2: fish matter, fish Mm. matter,
0: the ocean matters. Mm. All marine life matters and all sea life.
2: All life Mm. is interconnected. Mm. Be kind. Uh,
1: And on that note, we will go to a song by Missy Higgins uh, called Shark Fin Blues.
3: Standing on the deck I watch my shadow stretch The sun pours my shadow upon the deck The water's licking around my ankles now With the rain of sunshine way, way down I see the sharks in the water like slicks of ink Where there's one there bigger than a summer and as he circles, I look in his eyes I see Donner in his belly by the campfire light See the albatross up in the windy lot Gets a beat in his wings while he sleeps it off I hear the jettison cries from his dream i kind Get to whip in my ears like a ride But the captain once is able as a think that he is no light up in the galley like a dried air He's lying dying in the. And I'm floating away on a barrel of pain It looks like nothing but the sea and sky
0: Like everyone, people who are
1: LGBTIQ+, can experience suicidal thoughts. Living Works deliver workshops that give you the knowledge to help others in the LGBTIQ plus community. Thanks to Northwestern Melbourne Primary Health Network, from now until the end of May, Living Works is offering workshops for the LGBTIQ plus community completely for free. Visit livingworks.com.au to learn how you can help save a life. Northwestern Melbourne Primary Health Network is a 3CR supporter.
4: Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio.
1: You're listening to Freedom of Species, 3CR 855 or online, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And we've been talking about fish, sea the new doco out on Netflix, and we've been speaking with Bronwyn, who is the organiser of Melbourne Fish Save here in Melbourne, trying to do good things for fishes and all sea creatures. And I suppose we're all, we're almost to the end of the show, Um, But before we finish up, I just wanted to put it out there and say, what were the the things that most captured your attention in Seaspiracy? And what would you say to someone thinking about, oh, I'm not sure about this show. Should I give it a go? Oh,
2: wow. From my perspective... The fact that someone's made an attention-grabbing film about fish that's on a mainstream platform that's attracting a really great audience, that's a huge win for the fish. Um, So uh, I'm really, really pleased about that. And I guess, you know, for like as we've talked about, you know, um, possible... um, Missed opportunities and you know around the figures and and so on. There are some issues there, but overall, to make to make people consider, to make to have people understand how important our oceans are, and just to understand the the size of the problem, mm. and from that to understand that you can't rely on other people to make the change to make the difference it begins with you the individual you have to change the way you think and how you behave and how you consume and I'm vegan don't want the rest of the world to be vegan sure but you know that's not going to happen for some time yet so just make conscious choices be aware that everything you buy has an impact somewhere around the world you know um so for me, Seaspiracy is a big win because it's attracting your attention and it means when I go out here in Melbourne to publicly outreach, to educate the public, perhaps I'll have a more responsive um, audience, people who are going to be more interested to learn because we've captured their attention and I think that's really important. So for me, it's a, it's a big win from that perspective. And yeah.
1: if people were interested in getting in touch with... Melbourne Fish Save, how might they do that? How would they get involved?
2: They would put Melbourne Fish Save into the search bar on Facebook and they would find me. And we've got a public-facing page which um, just shares all sorts of information about fish. And if you were interested in being more active, um, then there's another group... Um, off the main page called the Melbourne Fish Save um, Activist Group. And uh, if that were interested in attending a vigil, um, then we could certainly invite them um, and then they can
0: come along and help do public outreach with us. Excellent. Oh, great. Mm. And how
1: about yourself, Carolyn?
0: Yeah, I think that I feel quite similarly to Bronwyn. I think that I'd really encourage people uh, who enjoy consuming fish or really just anyone who wants to know more about this issue to take a look because despite the fact that I do have some issues with a little bit about the format and some of the content in the film, I think it does a really good job of highlighting key issues um, within the commercial fishing industry around illegal fishing, seafloor damage, uh, bycatch, which the industry likes to call accidental take. Mm. killing of endangered species and really the um, dangerous working conditions and the hidden slavery um, in the fishing industry. Mm. I think it does a really, really good job of covering all of those things. I wish it spoke more to uh, animal sentience. I'm actually really still shocked that we're asking or discussing whether fish feel pain, but Mm -hmm. the extraordinary Dr. Sylvia Sylvia Earle covers that really, really well. Mm. And I think... Overwhelmingly, for me, if people get the concept that a dead sea, a dead ocean, means a dead planet, I am um, hoping that's a bit of a call to action for them to to learn mm. more, to mm-hmm. think about what the sort of change they can make in their own lives, and lives of other people, mm. and lives of fishes.
1: Yeah, and I, I suppose for me, I think it's that they um, that it brings to light things that have been hidden and things yeah. that are that are sort of out of view out of sight, out of mind, and similarly in the ways that we um, now know of and understand the issues with farming in terrestrial landscapes. This has sort of brought some of that same knowledge and understanding to a broad audience about um, fish Fish, mm. Fishing, fishing, and ocean landscapes, or ocean, oceanscapes, I should say. They're not really yeah. landscapes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's important, and it, and it sort of highlights a large, like it, it gets at this scale of the issue. I think. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that it, that it, it exists, and that people are uh, ca- uh catching to it and and um, getting something out of it. Uh, which is great, and so, we're talking about it, and, mm. and we're talking about it. So, if you're if you're interested, or you're just not sure, like where does your the the um, the food that you get, the fish flesh or the ocean animal flesh come from um, that you eat? Maybe just check out Seaspiracy. Give it a go. Uh, if it's for you, you know you might learn something. If not, you can always ignore it um, after the fact. But I would strongly encourage you to watch it. Mm. Um and on that actually there's another there's another uh movie documentary that takes a very different route um that's just come out, just been released. It's called or in Australia at least. Uh it's called Gunda. Yes. It's G yes. G-U-N-D-A, and it's all in black and white. It's there's no voiceovers, there's no person mm. in the in shot of the um, camera, the whole film, 90 minutes. And it focuses on this pig called Gunda who's in a working farm, a working, I think it looks like like an organic or small farm. And it follows Gunda's life over a year and it looks absolutely beautiful. It really, as Spiracy hasn't done, like talking about individuals, it really is about highlighting what the life of an individual pig is like. And they also have... Mm. Um, a, a one-legged chicken that jumps in camera Aww. for a bit And they've got a couple of cows So you get a, a, a bit of a feel for other individuals on the farm And it really gets into that individuality of the animals I think that's mm. going to be incredibly powerful So mm. another one, it's out, out at the f- movies at the moment mm. uh, So if you're in Melbourne or you're somewhere that does sort of uh, alternative films Or th- uh, the are limited release films Go and check it out for sure That's called mm. Gunda. Uh, you can also find it online. Um, if you've got any feedback for us get in, get in touch at info at freedom species.org uh, actually that's not no longer the right one it's um, info it's freedomofspecies at gmail.com I believe um, or on Facebook or via Twitter at. FOS radio, FOS radio. We'll be here next week from 1 till 2 every week, every Sunday, or you can tune in uh, tune in at 855 a.m. if you're in Melbourne, or we're streamed live on the website, 3CR website, 3CR.org.au, or you can get us via podcast. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for the next show. We're just going to have a little bit of music in between. And this one is by Go... Oh, well, first off, I'd like to say thank you, Bronwyn, for coming in.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you. And Caroline for setting up the interview. Um, and this song is Flying Whales by Gojira, a very good um, band that are into animal activism and animal rights. <laughs>